Which one seems to work best for you? Have you found? Is it the is it the call, the voicemail? Like, is it the actual number of calls? Is it the text messages? Is it the emails? Like, is there one that's getting a better response than the other? There's two things that work the best. Um, the first is triple dialing the lead. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Steik, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. Today, we're going to talk about something that everyone really wants to know, which is how to kind of master the art of the of the phone sale, Yes. right? Ultimately, with the goal to become a top producer. But first, we would love it if you would take a minute and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, and please leave a review along with a comment to let us know how we're doing. But Luke, you know, talking about phone sales, yeah. we are it's continuing a very, to build a virtual team now. Virtual phone sales. Yeah. It's a very controversial subject. You either hate what, phone it. Sales? Yeah, you either well, hate yeah. it or love it. But, you know, what is it that Grant Cardone says? He goes, you know, cold calling's not dead. You just suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what Grant Cardone would say. But, you know, phone sales, I do believe in my heart of hearts because we have over 100 people on the phones calling every single day. It is a weapon that if you learn how to wield it and learn, it's, it's a skill set. If you learn how to do it, it, it can be really, really successful for you. We are hiring right now, even virtually, because of COVID has forced us to go virtually. We're, we're still hiring 10 to 15 new sales reps every month and trying to hire the very, very best. In fact, I got to give a shout out. We hired um, this girl, Reagan, down in Texas. She, in her first 90 days, is pressing our top producers. Like we have two freaking studs on the phone that are unreal. And she like came in and within 90, I've never seen anything like it today. She's top of the board. It's unbelievable. I'm like listening to her going, wow, what can I learn from this person? This is unbelievable. That's amazing. Uh, well, we're going to dig deep into this, uh, how to sell better on the phones, how to become a top producer with our guest today. His name is Cody Askins. At just 30 years old, Cody owns five insurance-based companies grossing over $8 million in annual sales. And now Cody's sole mission is to help every insurance agent in the world by providing applicable, hands-on skills through training videos, classes, private coaching. Cody equips his clients and the world now with the knowledge and skills to sell, regardless of what they're selling or what type of agent they are. Cody, welcome to the podcast. Dude, that was a, uh, thank you so much. That was a great intro. I don't, I don't know if you read it or if you, I think you added to it maybe because it sounded even better. I, I, yeah, you know? I took yours and added a little, you know, liberty I like to it. that. <laughs> added a little liberty. He's like to fluff it a little bit, make yeah. it sound good. No, man, you don't need, you don't need any fluffing, man. You have had a really, really incredible career already. Did I hear you mention that you're 30? Is that? True. Yeah, just just hit thirty. I'm a, I'm an old fogey. Uh, as of July 9th. So Dude, a few months thirty ago. Yeah. with all that yeah. you've accomplished, unbelievable. I can't wait to get in the topic of you know sales and phone sales and your tips. I know you're a sales trainer as well as what you do in the business. Love for you to just tell kind of a short version of your story, how you got into insurance and and what you've done up to this point, how you started the conference stuff and the training, and then we'll go into this idea of phone sales. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Thank you guys so much for having on. I'm super excited. So I, my father's been in the industry for 30 years in the insurance industry. Um, I got started when I was 19 as an intern. Hmm. And um, I was making cold calls out of a phone book for a veteran agent before I knew you're really not supposed to be doing that. 
And I was watching agents, right? Some were successful, some were struggling, a lot struggling. Um, but I've always been someone deep down. I've always felt like I could do anything, you know? And so um, at 20, I was in college, taking 21 credit hours a semester, playing basketball, full-time student athlete, practices, games, tournaments, weekends, et cetera. And I committed to go full-time in the insurance business. So fast forward, I'm 20 years old. And I remember going to my first recruiting meeting and there's 10 of us in the room and the manager says, all right, now all of you stand up. And I'm like, okay, uh, what, what, what's the guy that's doing next? Right. And he's, we start, he's, we start sizing each other up. He's like, look around, you know, I'm like, all right, I can take you. I don't know about her, but you know, <laughs> and, um, he said, all right, nine of you sit down. And he left one person standing. He didn't left me standing, which, which was, you know, irritated me a little. And he said, maybe one of you will make it. And I'm, I'm thinking, dang, that's a real, that's a real positive way to start this whole deal. I said, but if there's going to be a one like you guys, probably I'm, I'm confident. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, very competitive, um, super driven. If there's going to be a one, I'm going to be the one. And so in that moment, um, I'm a big goal setter. So in that moment I wrote down, I will earn $100,000 my first year in the insurance business. I dated it. I signed it mm. and I hung, hung it up in the wall of my cubicle. Love that. And then every day I went out to make that a reality. I did not use leads. Um, I sold one product, one carrier, and through cold calling and cold door knocking only uh, while in college, could have used a lot of excuses. A lot of, lot of sales people were like, oh, I don't have time. You know, I, I didn't have any time, like literally. And over eight months, um, made $117,361.13 in the insurance industry. That's all right, um, man. Fell in love, blew it all on cars, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you were only 20. We'll that's you, true. Yeah. That's true. You know, that's true. But yeah, by 21, I blew it all, you know. Uh, but no, I, I uh, enjoyed the industry. I sold for several years, always made six figures, did well. But I got a chance to go up to northern Missouri. I had a sales manager call me one time and said, hey, well, there's a couple agents that are really struggling. Can you come up and help them? And so I drove four hours, spent the day with them. They hadn't made a sale in weeks. They were truly struggling about to fail. We go cold door knocking and we make five sales in one day, cold canvas door knocking. Oh, wow. And, and, and I remember the first sale, made a sale, high five. They're super excited, super jacked up. They're like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? We go to another one, make a sale, right? And just continued. And I remember and I, I left the business with them. I didn't take any commissions, didn't, know any, didn't do any commission splits. And I drove home. And... I was like, holy freak, I found what I want to do for the rest of my life. If I can help, I got more gratification out of seeing them make money than I did when I made money. And ever since that day, that spawned some of the things that we're doing now. So now we've got um, a YouTube channel. We started that in December of 2015. We just hit 24,000 YouTube subscribers that are all insurance agents yesterday. Wow. We put out a lot of content just like you guys. Uh, we have a conference now called 8% Nation. And, and just super blessed. We have a big team. We have, we have a team that's growing. We got 60 something people that, that work in our office. Um, and it's just, man, it's just a blast. I'm along for the ride. I'm loving every second of it. Uh, and it's really is fun. Really that's awesome. Is fun. That's amazing. That first year where you set out to earn over a hundred thousand, obviously you accomplished that on the phones, cold calling who like, who are you learning from? Did you have any mentors? Did you follow anyone online that you were taking their tips? Were you kind of creating your own you know, version of that? Yes. F fantastic freaking question. It's almost like you literally studied everything before you ask them. I don't know, but that was good. That's, that's a good one. Because <laughs> I, I listened to uh, Brian Tracy's audiobook, okay. The Art of Closing the Cell. Mm. 
Um, he's a little monotone, but the content's incredible. And the, I remember there was like six or seven CDs and, and most people listen to music in their car, right? Or, or, you know, they don't listen to nothing or they do this or that. I listened to something that would make me like Will Smith says, a master of the art of my craft, better mm-hmm. at what I do. And so I listen to that CD all day, every day. Um, now I'm a, a big, you know, follow Grant Cardone and several others, but Brian Tracy's sales training material was the first thing I ever consumed. Um, I train agents to use a no callback close now when they're, when they're in the field or over the phone that I, you know, stole from him. What's and that? So I, give, I give him a ton of credit. What's the no callback close? So the no callback close. If you're sitting there, this is good, by the way, if you're, if you're watching, you got to take some notes. Um, once someone says, Hey, I'll, 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 I want to think about it. Right. Or I want you to call me back. The no callback closes. And I've, I've given this to several people actually I'll, I'll relate it to a story instead. So I was in Marshfield, Missouri or Niangua, Missouri uh, with a veteran agent and a lady named Mary. This was years ago. And this was the first time I ever tried that no callback close. She's like, Oh, it's a big decision. I want to think about it. And so I said, you know what, Mary, I totally understand. I would want to think about it too. Fortunately, we have something called a no callback policy in our office. And the reason we have that is there's been other people just like you that said they want to think about it. Six months go by, they, well, well, they don't actually think about it. They pass away while supposedly thinking about it. And guess who their family blames for not helping them make a decision from the very beginning, mm. right? They blame me. I promised I would never let that happen again. I'm not going to let that happen today. We have a phenomenal relationship. You need it. You want it. You can afford it. It makes perfect sense. I'm going to see if I can get you approved because it's the right thing to do. Sound fair enough? Dude, I love that. So many golden nuggets in that. Yeah. Stay in agreement. Go back to the pain. Present the value. Make yeah. it more helpful well, than it's the selling. Belief that you know that they're not going to make that decision. So you've got to help them with that decision. Yep. Yeah. Then also, what, what I love what you said, just I want to point out to the audience that I think is really, really tangible, is you don't have to create new things, mm. right? You don't have to be totally unique. Like, like there was MySpace and then there was Facebook. Before MySpace, there was Friendster. You know, learn from these guys like Brian Tracy. Make it your own personality, right? You memorize, internalize, totally. personalize. But you don't have to, like a lot of people just think they just have to create the, the wheel themselves and you don't have to. Yeah. So so true. So true. Yeah. So, so, so true. Love that. So, so I guess to walk us through, so obviously that's one of the, the tactics, but I'd love for you to kind of take us down the road of, all right, so I'm starting out, let's just say I'm in the insurance business and I'm starting to do cold calling. What are the principles that you would teach and the tactics that you would start recommending to people who are on the phones today, pounding the phones? Yeah. I mean, there's several things I can, I can, I can run through and it can riff as I go. Um, really, I, so about 80% of sales are made between the fifth and the 12th contact. Most insurance agents just never follow up, right? So I teach a 12-step follow-up system, which is three calls, one text, one email, day one. Mm. Two calls, one text, one email, day two, and one call, one text, one email, day three. It's five, four, and three for a total of 12, right? It's 12 in 72 hours because time kills all deals and most people forget about stuff. Mm. Um, I also recommend leaving one voicemail per day, but I leave it at the end of the day. Uh, when, when I leave voicemails, I like to leave something like quick question, um, um, good news. You know, um, if, if we don't hear from you, we're going to ship it out. You know, s- some type of urgency, some way to actually get calls back. For example, Hey Betty, it's Cody, uh, getting back to you about your request. I have fantastic news. Call me as soon as you can leave the phone number twice. Mm-hmm. Right. Or quick question. Hey Betty, I got your request. This is Cody. Uh, Hey, we have one really quick question to wrap this up for you. Give me a call back as soon as you can leave the phone number twice. Right. Yep. Or, or you're on the third day and they will not call you back. They won't answer. And you're like, Hey buddy, um, no worries. Uh, 
on, on calling us back. Again, this is Cody following up. You request the information. I'm just getting back to you. Um, if we don't hear from you by the end of the day, don't, don't worry. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We've got everything we need and we're just going to ship it out to you. Um, and if they don't want you coming over their door or sending them something or whatever, they're going to reach back out. Do you run into a lot of, um, like, I guess, pushback from the sales reps that you're training or even um, response from the consumers that, man, you're calling too much? Like, I think a, the big fear people go to is that sounds like a ton of contact. Yeah. Like what, what do you find in your experience? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Cause a lot of people, that's their natural instinct, right? Is, oh my gosh. Right. So I called a lady, I think like nine times in one day, one time. And she finally answered at like eight fifty eight PM. And she's like, it, it shocked me. Right. If we pause for a second, what do you think she's going to say? She said, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for calling again. You've been so persistent. I've heard all your voicemails. I've seen all the calls. I've been called by other people, but because you were so persistent, I'm doing business with you. And I'm like, Holy freak. This does work. You know, dude, I love that. I I think you're so spot on. It's what we, I I really feel like people use, um, almost like etiquette as an excuse. Oh, it's not appropriate, uh, to call somebody. And, and what I try to get across to our reps, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I try to get across them. Look, if, if a, if a semi truck's coming down the road and you see your friend in the middle of the road and you can save them, are you not going to like do everything you can to save mm. that person? Like even tackle them, put them through a little bit of pain where they might get up and actually punch you and go, why the heck did you just tackle me? And you're like, I just saved your freaking life. That's why I'm yeah. calling you so many times is yeah. because I have something that can actually help your business, right? Yeah. So I think if you just shift your mindset, which it is a mindset, because a lot of times you are going to get into an annoyance phase with people. Mm-hmm. But if you keep going, you'll enter that respect phase. Totally. Also, most people don't realize this. Harvard um, Business Review and Inside, InsideSales.com did a study that they that they published in the Harvard Business Review. And they called... They called, I think, 15,000 unique internet leads over the course of three years and made over 100,000 calls. And what they learned is that when someone got to six call attempts, they had a 90% chance of contact. Now, with everything going on in the world, everything, everybody's so busy and it's hard to get a hold of people, we're probably not going to see a 90% chance of contact like they did a few years mm-hmm. ago. However, six calls, that was that optimal amount of, 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 of calls in the first few days. And that's exactly why in our follow-up system, there's six calls in those first 72 hours. Which one seems to work best for you? Have you found, is it the, is it the call, the voicemail? Like, is it the actual number of calls? Is it the text messages? Is it the emails? Like, is there one that's getting a better response than the other? There's two things that work the best. Um, the first is triple dialing the lead. Oh, oh we went to triple dial. All yeah, right. I've heard double dial. Not, I actually have not heard about triple dial, Dude, but it makes sense. Dial, Triple dial works. It's crazy. I mean, for those, for those watching, they're like, I don't know what triple dial is, right? Call, don't leave a voicemail, hang up, immediately call back. Same thing. Boom, 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 right? Three times in a row. And that actually works pretty well. The second thing that works really well is text. But I, the, the, the keys to the text... Um, can, 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 I, text. can I stop you before we go to text? Because just my yep. curiosity is like, I'm thinking right now, like, well, what happens if they answer the third call, call? Are they angry? Do you just hold your tone? Like you don't even, you just ignore, play oblivious? Well, that too, but but it would surprise you. Most people, this is also really weird, right? Most people don't even re- recognize that you just called them three times in a row. Yeah, that's crazy. And if you do, right, 
Uh, I'm so sorry. It must have been my system. Hey, while I got you on the phone, here's what I'm calling. Right, dude. I call it, that. It is. I system. call that the oblivious. <laughs> I re- I love that. I call that the oblivious. We had this guy Larry. He's no longer with us, but great, great cl- closer. And we used to call him Oblivious Larry, because he would literally just do that <laughs> all day long, and people loved him. Like yeah. they just freaking loved him. He closed so many deals because at the end of the day, when you're just sincere and you're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. If you make a big deal of it, they make a big deal of it. Totally. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're pers- what you personify, they start believing. A referral is a reward for a job well done. And there's no reason to hesitate in asking your clients for one. Even so, you may struggle to find the right time or the right words that could open the door to more business. Well, we've got you covered with printable scripts that you can customize to your own style and use with your clients. Whether it's a longtime client or the anniversary of a home sale, we've made reaching out and asking for referrals as easy as saying hello. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash referral script to download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash referral script. Take action on this today. All right. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on the texting. So you were talking about no, texting. Yeah. So I mean, texting, I, I don't want to make it too long. I want to, I, I want to give them some data that they recognize. Like if they give a favorite hobby or a color or a date of birth or an address or something in the text. And then I want to always finish with a question, right? A lot of people are trained that the person that's asking the questions is in control. That's partially true. What's really even more true is the person getting answers to questions. If I ask you a bunch of sales mm. questions, to fact find and you don't respond to me or you give me, I don't know a lot. Um, I'm not actually getting an answer. One of the big things I train on, um, quick story. I was in Joplin, Missouri years ago and I asked a gentleman, Hey, do you know where your life insurance policy is? What do you think he said? No. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't know. Right. That's what, no, that's human nature by the way. Yeah. And I said something that made zero sense, but it worked and I still use it today and it, and it, and it still works. Mm-hmm. I said, if you knew where it was, where would it be? <laughs> and he said, well, if I knew where it was, it'd be in the filing cabinet right over there, right? Mm-hmm. Eight seconds before he had no idea. The key is ask a follow-up question every single time, go deeper, find an answer. There's an answer and um, use hypotheticals. Well, if you knew, right? And l- guess what was in the top drawer of the filing cabinet? Yeah. His insurance policy. You're creating action. Before, yeah. No idea. Yeah. I love that. that. I mean, that's the um, old thing that you hear all the time of you walk into a retail store. And your natural reaction is no. Like humans- Can I, can I help you find something? Yeah, no. No. Of course. Yeah, human beings, their natural reaction yeah. is going to be no. I think it was Tom Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken, that was huge on the, the questions to keep the conversation going. And I love how you phrase that of it really is the person who's getting answers to questions mm. because you're controlling the conversation and you're leading them down. And if you're really trained and you know your questions well, at the end, like- you don't even really have to think about it. They feel like it's a conversation the whole time. But really to you, it's just like, you know exactly where you're going and you're leading them to, to the funnel, basically, of the close. Yeah, I mean, like you guys just said with the whole uh, retail store, like when we walk into Best Buy, what do they say? How can I help you, right? And, and we say I'm just looking. nothing. I'm, I'm just, just looking. Just yeah. looking, just shopping, right? It's human nature. People are used to saying certain things. Normally, they don't even mean what they're saying. But if the Best Buy guy said, you know, Obviously, you're shopping. What are you shopping for? He'd probably get a better answer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. It's like yeah. the movie when you're at the movie theater and they tell you, like, hey, enjoy your show. You're like, you too. <laughs> oh, you're, not, you're yes. not actually going to the show. <laughs> what about um, the emails then? Like, kind of, how are you, like, what are you putting in your emails? You said you're, you're sending an email each day as well. Is there a call yeah. to action there? What's the intention of the email? 
Yeah. So well, one of my favorite subject lines for an email is, uh, can you meet me there? Hmm. Um, unique gets their attention. Like, well, yeah. where am I meet? You know like what I mean? What, what's, what's going on? Um, text and emails is, is all you can use the quick question, you know, good news, et cetera. But what I really like to start out with is Betty, this is Cody, right? Getting back to you about your request for this information. You mentioned your, you know, favorite hobby. That's a final expense thing, but you could use anything, right? Your date of birth, your address, whatever is this. Thanks for the request. Um, should we talk today or tomorrow? Right. I, I want to give them some data to let them know it's true, validate it, use their name. And then I want to finish with a question. So they're responding to me because normally you just say, Hey, I want to sell you insurance. Thanks for your guy. Uh, let me give you a free quote. And they're like, who is this? Right. Then mm. they're asking you the questions. I want them responding to me. So when you find, so here you do this follow-up system in order to get people on the phones. When you get them on the phones, walk me through a little bit of what happens there in your mindset. Is it a quick, are you up front going, hey, let me give you my 30 seconds? Like, how do you walk through? Is it a discovery phase? Walk us through that process. Yeah, there's a few things that I feel like people do poorly on the phone. I feel like a lot of people um, were trained when we call someone, is this Susie? Are you Susie? Is Susie available? Like, we're asking a question that we know the answer to, you know? (laughs) And that's natural and normal, but it drives me nuts. And, and so instead, I train agents to say, right, if a female answers the phone, hello, Betty. Because we've all got the call from Sirius XM where they're like, is this Cody? No, you've got the wrong number, right? <laughs> and then agents do that, salespeople do that, and they hear that from, from the prospect and they think that it's the wrong person, when in reality, maybe it's the right person, right? So kicking off the call correctly, it's more confident as well, right? It puts you in control, okay? That's, that's the first tip. The second one is I only use first name, my first name. There's no reason to say Cody Askins. They're going to forget my last name. They don't care what my last name is. They don't know me yet, right? So it's useless information. This, and, and then I don't use company name either. Unless they know the company very well, they've done business with the company, or by using the company, it's going to help give me a leg up, mm-hmm. right? So if, if I'm with, you know, um, Askins Insurance Agency, some random company, and they have no clue who that is, it doesn't do me any good to use. Script, yeah, it actually right? hurts you because they see you as just trying to sell them something. Correct. Right. Yep. I also don't ask, how are you? Very telemarketing. Not, not my style. You know, there's a lot of, there's a strong opinion on that. I feel in the sales industry because some people feel it really helps them build rapport. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've heard this before or not, but it's like they, like I have some reps. Here's what I tell reps. Tell tell me what you think of this. Like I have some reps that say, how are you? And I have others that don't. What I tell them is based upon what I'm hearing in the confidence of, of their delivery, I go, hey, for now, I'm okay with you saying, how are you? Because it's more natural for you and you deliver it confidently more than you when you don't, when you leave it out. When you leave it out, you're, you sound so awkward. And you sound like you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. do it until you get comfortable and yeah. then you'll learn that, hey, you really don't need that because it's wasting time. In that precious time, sure. you need to deliver your value proposition. Like, do you find like it's always negative or would you say similar? Like, hey, you should use how are you sometimes? Yeah, so we've got reps in it. We've got, uh, we've got a handful of CA sales reps. We've got 14 marketing sales reps, two different sales teams. And some of them use it. But I feel like initially, it's like I'm used to using it. I'm not super confident on the phone yet. It's a chance for me to buffer, Yep. try to build a relationship, try to act like I care. It's you know, the rapport. But I get it. 
Yeah, it, it's almost like bet. It's the reason why you say how are you is more for that reps confidence. So if you're yeah. saying how are you right now, it's probably because you're not as confident as you should be on the phone. And I really mean that. I mean, some people might disagree as they're listening to this, but I have found that you really don't need it if you have the confidence of what you're trying to deliver. Something funny that I want to share when you talked about say, saying your first name, right? And you don't say who you're with. We have an unbelievable closer that's been with us 17 years. I mean, this guy for 17 years pounded out the phone for four and a half hours a day. People, he'll call offices and he'll get receptionists and the receptionist and he'll be like, hey, this is Jeff. Uh, can I speak to Josh? And they'll go, oh, well, well, who are you with, Jeff? And without missing a beat, he'll go, well, I'm, I'm by myself today. I mean, yesterday I was with my partner, but I'm by myself today. And they're like, okay. And they put him through. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. You may, you may pass. <laughs> like, but oh. you can, you can just hear, even though you can't see it, you can hear the wheels turning and the receptionist is, Oh, I'm by myself today. I mean, I was with somebody yesterday, but today I'm by myself. <laughs> Cody, I got to ask That's you, good. I want I want to get to like the 8%, um, you know, the top 8%, that kind of idea. But first you've got five businesses bringing in 8 million annual in sales That's unbelievable. or in revenue. So we talk about the sale a little bit. Take a step before that. Where are the leads coming from? How are you guys generating leads? Are you picking one particular system? Is it? Yeah. So, so we, we generate leads for insurance agents. We, we manage about $1.5 million a month in advertising and marketing. Wow. Um, the best source, honestly, for any long-term business is, is to invest in their brand, to invest in SEO, to invest in organic traffic, to invest in long-term marketing and leads. And honestly, we have about 300 agents hit our website um, and, and express interest in something we do every single week because I've been putting up videos for five years. We are the authority in our space on YouTube. And it's because like a lot of people know that's something they should do, but they quit along the way, mm. right? They get bored, they get inconsistent, it becomes hard. They don't know what to say, so they don't say anything. Um, if someone will, like, someone will look back in 12 months and be, and they will never say, I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? And so we've done it. We've got over 2000 videos on YouTube now. I don't even know how many, we've got a lot. The studio, we got three video guys, like we're investing in it. You know, we get it. Um, and then we also do some advertising. We do some advertising. Um, my favorite platform to advertise on is, is, is Google. My second favorite platform to advertise on is, is YouTube. Um, I would say I'm actually liking LinkedIn a little better than Facebook right now. Um, With Google, is it keywords? Is it search or is it display video? What, what do you like on yeah. Google? With Google, I prefer two things. So I prefer search, right? They're actually searching super. That's, that's the highest intent lead you're ever going to get other than organic when they're watching their videos, right? They're actually yep. going to Google and saying, I need help with this mm -hmm. and you're popping up, right? So they, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's going to be a, a great high intent lead. This my second favorite is when you start to build an audience being able to retarget and advertise that audience, like our YouTube channel, right? So we're doing a free webinar on November 15th. We will have about 1,100 people sign up for that free webinar simply because of our email list, current brand authority, you know, everything we're doing, but also we're able to advertise to that specific audience on our YouTube channel. Not only the subscribers, but people who've ever viewed our videos in the last like 540 days or something. That's awesome. I, I want to point out a golden nugget to everybody. Five years. He, he's been putting out videos for five years. How long have we been doing the podcast? Three years? Three years in January. Yeah, three years. We're just starting to get real traction mm -hmm. right now. Like, I, I really want to, I think that's a huge, valuable lesson for everybody. Listen, like, we have had some traction on this podcast. Just now, are we starting to hit top 30s? 
in the marketing podcast charts and stuff like that. It's like just now. Well, yeah, look at Gary Vee. He posts stuff like years. this all the time where it's like everyone thinks that I blew up overnight and then he would post videos from 2004 where he's sitting in a cellar talking about wine. He's like, no, I've been doing video content for a decade and more. You know yeah. what I mean? No, dude. I mean, it's an incredible, you're an incredible example of 2000 videos, five years to get to where you're at today. And then the other golden nugget is invest in your brand. Mm. If you want a sustainable business that produces revenue long-term, which is what this show is really all about, it's invest in your brand and that you're spending money on three video guys. So I don't know what their salaries are, what you pay them, but it's substantial. I'm assuming in your investment that you're not, now it's paying off. But before it was probably like, whoo, kind of like us, like, whoo, I don't know what's going to happen here with this podcast. We're spending a lot of effort, a lot of time. So I really, really totally. think that is a great, valuable lesson for everybody to take away. Um, so I don't want to wrap up the podcast without talking about the close, because I think one of the most important parts about, you know, phone sales is the close. Like what, what do you find from a je- objection handling? What are some quick tips that you would give the audience on closing the, the leads that you have finally got on the phone? Yeah, hey, great questions. They're, they're getting they're getting it all today. I'm sure there's some more on our YouTube channel. They can go check it out. But yeah, um, I, I teach three A's for overcoming objections. Very simple system. I try to make the complex simple. Uh, agree, answer, and ask. Most people are in the insurance industry are trained when someone says I'm not interested to say, well, what do you mean you're interested? You don't you don't have enough information to be interested yet, right? That's a little combative. It's a little yep. disagreeable. I believe in sales. The number one rule is to agree, right? So if they're like, hey, I'm uh, you know I'm I'm not interested. I completely understand. I wouldn't be interested yet either, mm. right? But because you request the information, I have to give it to you. So should I give it to you now or <laughs> later on today at two o'clock? Yeah, that's great. I love <laughs> well, that. You might as well give it to me now. <laughs> so that that's objections, right? And then closing, um, my the, the sales process I teach, warm up, fact find, present, close, and cool down. Well, most people forget about the cool down is in, in, the, in the sales process, I'm asking at least 10 trial closes I'm also asking, can you explain a trial close to the audience? Yeah. So if, so if you've got some different benefits of the service you sell, so I'll I'll typically go through like five benefits, right? So a benefit of a um, life insurance policy is that it's whole life. It's going to last your entire life. That's a, that's a type of policy, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll write it down in front of them. If I'm with them, I'll explain what it means. And then I'll say, I'm assuming that that's really important to you, isn't it? And they'll say yes. And And then you've now seen that they are interested. Yep. I'm getting 10 of those at minimum. And then, and then before the close, I'm doing a pre-close, which I think is important. You know, I don't want to show people options if I don't think they're going to choose. It's a waste of time. Yep. So, which is a little unique maybe, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, Hey, um, can you do me a favor? You know, and they're like, but yeah, yeah, I can do you a favor. Well, I'm about to show you three options. They come with all five of the benefits, especially the price lock, which I know you loved. Okay. So when I show you these, I just need you to uh, let me know which one makes most sense to you. You can do that for me. Can't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. I and then I that. show them th- three and then they pick, you know, um, and it's duplicatable, right? The, the best thing about everything we do is it's duplicatable. It's scalable. Anyone can use it. Um, but I try to comp. There's so many, like most people think, okay, there's 40 objections. I got to learn. It's like, <laughs> dude, I would struggle overcoming objections, you know? Yeah. Now I love that. And get them on the yes train. I always tell, yes. I tell my salespeople, get them on the yes train that those tie downs, get them to say yes. It starts getting in their brain, right? As Tom Hopkins would teach or whatever. But then you're tying them down. You're getting them one step closer uh, to the close. I love the three A's. So we got to ask you this, man, because you seem like a guy who's into self-development as much as we are. 
you know, do you look on your life right now? Do you have routines? Do you have things that you implement in your life that you go, man, these are re- have really made a difference in helping nope. me get to where I'm at? Yes. So there's five things that I do to start my day every single day. I call it my daily power five. And I've been doing all five of these for, the, for, for about two years. And it's truly changed me as a person, my confidence level, everything I'm doing. And I want to have the best day I can every single day, right? I don't want days where I'm like, oh, I was tired today or oh, my energy was low. That's my freaking problem then, right? So I've got five things I do to start every single day. I get up before 6 a.m. Not hard, but it's a small win. You know, like today I got up at five. That's hard. Can't, five, <laughs> do what? I he said, goes, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and, and so today I got up at 5.15. I went and swam a mile and then I went and worked out with my trainer. I'm training for an Ironman triathlon in Galveston, Texas Dude, in November. Wow. So a full Ironman. So well, 70.3 miles. I'm doing the half. So <gasps> half, you know, half. still, still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a one point. 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride, and a 13.1 mile half marathon run. Mm. And I'm not ready, but I am absolutely going to finish that race, right? Because I'm committed to go. it, right? I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, uh, and which is actually I'm about to get to, right? First thing, get it before six. Second um, is I want get to a, get a good workout in. When we're selling, we're selling certainty. We're selling us. We're not really selling a product. They mm. can buy it from anywhere, mm. right? We're selling our energy, our enthusiasm, our conviction, our persuasion. If my energy's up, like you guys can tell a workout this morning. If I didn't work out this morning, this podcast would have sucked. Okay. <laughs> so that's the second thing. Well, thank well you. you guys would have been, you guys would have been amazing, but I would have sucked. Really, right. <laughs> uh, seconds to work out. Third is to, I, I want to train every single day. I want to plug into sales training content. I want to plug into audio, audio books, books, YouTube videos. I'm listening to Russell Brunson's expert secrets audiobook for the second time right now. Um, I, I need like your, your brain is the most palatable in the morning. You learn the most in the morning. You absorb the most in the morning. I got to put something good in to make me the most creative person throughout the day. Right. And, and to, and to continue to level up and learn. Love that. And, and then the fourth one is I write down my goals every single morning. Right. I've got several massive goals. 8% nation will have 10,000 attendees and in the future. Right. I write down several goals every single day. And then the fifth one, is it's a, most people will do the first four. They won't do the fifth one though. Um, and that's after every morning, after I shower, I finish a few minutes with ice cold water, a cold shower. Oh, wow. And it does three things. It's a little crazy. Most people are like, dude, you lost me there. Right. I get it. Here's the first three things I normally do. Or there, here's the three, three benefits of that. Supposedly it's good for your skin. And supposedly it's healthy. Uh, I don't really care about that, but that's good. Right. <laughs> Second one is it wakes me the freak up to start my day. That's good. That's great. And the third one is I don't like doing it. So mm-hmm. I force myself to do something every morning that I don't want to do. A lot of people out there are preaching that you don't have to do stuff you don't want to do to succeed. I do not agree with that. I don't want to do the Iron Man, but I'm doing it because I've never done it. And I want to keep forcing myself, right? Most people get bored. I need to be, people need to be challenged to mm-hmm. not be bored. And so for me, uh, I, I, that, that cold shower, if I do that, I'm more likely to pick up the phone an hour later when I don't want to. Dude, that's awesome. That's like um, Jocko talks about that. Like in order to get freedom, you get freedom through discipline. And sometimes that discipline means doing the things you do not want to do because mm-hmm. that will give you the freedom and the end result that you want. Yep. No, nah, it's so good, man. All right. Last question for you. Don't get too emotional here. All right. We can't, <laughs> we can't have you breaking down, but uh, okay. knowing, knowing what you know now, man, what would you go back and tell 
that high school age kid? What advice oh, would you goodness. give? Oh man. Um, don't spend all the money on the cars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's definitely true. Uh, I would, one thing I would do, there's several things I would do. Um, I would, I would think bigger. Number one, I've, we've got think big, huge letters on this black wall. As soon as you walk into our office, right? I didn't really start thinking big till about two and a half years ago put out content for two and a half years, didn't know what the purpose was. I knew I was helping people, right? I, I didn't, there was no vision. There was no mission, right? Most people don't think big enough. Everything I want, I promise I'll get. And anything you want, I promise you'll get. And then you'll look back and say, I should have thought bigger, right? So think big. The second one is, um, I wish I would have invested in me sooner. Here's what I mean by that. I go to conferences. I go to retreats. I go to masterminds. I've been to $50,000 masterminds. I've paid coaches. I, like if I want to do something, if I, if I want to do YouTube, I pay a YouTube coach, right? If I want to learn business, I pay a business coach, right? There's nothing that we do that I don't say, okay, who's the best in the world at it? And who do I need to give money to, to know what they know, right? So we do that for everything, conference, et cetera. Investing in knowledge and learning and, uh, and, and, and getting to know what I need to know and getting around big time people has leveled me up like crazy. Mm. And then the third thing, third thing is, um, I wish I would have started putting out content sooner. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I really do. Dude, that, I love that advice of uh, the knowledge, like investing in yourself. I love that advice. And being willing to spend money. It's like you're, you're never willing to spend money. You'll spend money on a college education, but you're not willing to spend money to get someone to coach you for like business Dude, or something like that. That's a great point, man. Yeah, it's like you spend, <laughs> how many of us use our college I've degrees? I've actually used that college I mean, geez, knowledge. Yeah. Man, Cody, thank you so much yeah, for so being good. here. Before we close out, let people know how they connect with you and let them know what the 8% Nation is all about. Yeah, you got it, buddy. So 8% Nation is, is, is themed around the fact that 92% of insurance agents fail in their first three years. I was sitting at 10X Growth Con number two in Vegas with Grant Cardone. I'm sitting front row. First time I ever invested in myself. I paid 15 grand for two front row tickets. Finally thought bigger and did it. Changed my life. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, our industry needs, the insurance industry needs something like this. The average age of an insurance agent is 59. The freaking, all the events are in ballrooms and you're <laughs> sitting in plastic chairs and the music, you know, doesn't have words. And it's like the most boring thing in the world. And I'm like, our industry needs to level up and change and have some energy with it, right? Some excitement. Um, we've had people like Ray Lewis, Michael Irvin, Inky Johnson, Grant Cardone, um, and several others speak at our event. And it's an amazing thing. It's my baby. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm committed to blowing up that conference because conferences and events and learning stuff changed my life. And I know that that conference is changing other people's lives. And that's, that's the main thing, right? If, I mean, if it, if it helped a few more people succeed, it's totally worth it. And to be honest, I've lost, I lost $300,000 the first two years I did it. I lost 200 grand the first year and 100 grand the second year. Now we finally made a little bit of money this year. Not enough, right? To make up for it, but- You lost 200, 200 grand the first year? Yeah, we lost 200 grand the first year, which, which you say- Yeah, so I mean, I, I lost money with the conference Yes, we made up money on the back end with our businesses and what we do and people wanting to work with us. And the, I mean, the brand elevation, like how can you put a price on that? Oh, right? yeah. You know, um, and so the conference is, I freaking love it. It's a blast. Um, we're actually doing a 1% conference in January. We're going to have like 50 super heavy, like top network money earners all in one place. 
Um, there may be a way to get you guys a part of that, but that, that, that's going to be a blast. That's going to be awesome, like a, a level up version of 8%, more exclusive version. <laughs> um, and then the other question was uh, about how they can follow me. Uh, are you, my YouTube channel, um, at Cody Askins. I love Instagram, at Cody.Askins. I send videos and, and DM and respond to people all day, every day. I show behind the scenes of our day. I showed you guys a few minutes ago, you know, um, and, I, and I love it. And I'm grateful to be on this and I'm loving getting to know you guys at Reminder Media. Yeah, dude, so thank you so much. Yeah, I man, love going so through many that golden stuff. nuggets. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode. Get all of those links. Uh, you can head on over to statepaidpodcast.com. You can also see the video to this episode there. If you're looking for ways to support the show, we really appreciate it. First way is to head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and a comment with your review. Today's featured review comes from Scuderia458 Enzo. <laughs> They are, they're really, they're trying to get me. Yeah, they're trying names. to get you with these usernames, man. On Apple Podcasts, it's short but sweet. Stay paid, two exclamation points, plus five stars. Great message. Highly recommend this podcast. Thank you, Scudario 548 Enzo. <laughs> the best way is to tell a friend about the show. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at ReminderMedia.com. And of course, you can get us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. And man, so many golden nuggets in this. I think the one that I want you to try literally tomorrow, because it's all about taking action, I want you to try the triple dial. Oh, I thought you were going to say the, the cold shower. No, 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 no. The triple <laughs> dial. Like, I, I'm going to get my sales team to try that. Like, I'm going to go down to uh, Mike Campanelli and tell him, hey, man, our sales director, say, hey, I want all the guys trying this uh, triple dial technique and see, because I really do think, like, that's what it takes to get people on the phone and you have the message that can help them. And if you view it that way, you're not selling, you're helping, it will make a huge difference for you. Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 